Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. episode of That's What She Said. I wanted to talk to you while my magic tea is brewing and um, I woke up like soft and feeling vulnerable and I wanted to share um, my own sort of tales of, of spirituality and of more or less being in the spiritual closet, which is an uncomfortable term, but I don't have a better term for it. So I'm not equating this with being gay, but I'm equating um, closets with just just deep hiding. And then there being a moment when you're like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. So I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about spirituality as it relates to um, to my life and to my story, and more importantly, the ways that it might relate to your life and to your story. And I'm not going to say your path because I just can't with the path thing. I understand that it's a common metaphor, but I just can't. <laughs> so as we talk about breathwork, as I talk about breathwork, um, I want to take you way back to the beginning and uh, let's, let's take you back to like four-year-old me. Okay. Four-year-old me has a mom and a dad and they live together and they're married and mom is deeply Catholic, goes to church on Saturday nights, mass, uh, dad is deeply Protestant, goes to the Christian and Missionary Alliance Church in Donegal, Pennsylvania on Sunday mornings. So because one is on Saturday and one is on Sunday, I can, if I choose, go to both. 
And you might think, if you're not familiar with the Christian religion, that Catholics and Protestants are not that far apart. But they, there is a big difference. Uh, there are lots of big differences. And so I grew up really enjoying some aspects of mom's church and really enjoying some aspects of dad's church and never really settling into fundamentalism because if you like if you go to team Steelers and then you go to team Eagles you you just learn to dance between the two and you don't have to choose your NFL team because you love them both right it's it's sort of like that except that it's religion so it goes much more deeply so I remember being this incredibly sensitive child and dad's church was really small so dad's church Protestant really small like 50 people on the best day, you could get 50 people in a room. So I knew everybody's name. They knew my name. They watched me grow up. And there was something to being this really shy, introverted, oh my God, it hurts to talk to people, only child, going to a place where everyone knew your name. And then with mom's church, this the Catholicism, there's this deep sense of like, oh, this goes back to the beginning. This has been around for millennia. And this deep sense of, of humming, of, um, of there's something to this, of there is something to tradition, of uh, the incense that's, that's um, being spread, or of the ritual that's happening, that this goes back deep, this has deep grooves in time, and enjoying that feeling. So I grew up all in. All in, like, I was on the Bible quiz team on Dad's church. I taught Sunday school at Mom's church. I uh, read the readings. If you've ever been to a Catholic mass, there are readings before the gospel reading. I was a reader. Um, I did all the things, right? Because that's <laughs> classic overachiever in both. And I could feel this deep sense of, like, I bought all the way in and I was so like, yeah, I'm a Christian. Like in seventh grade, I was wearing the Jesus t-shirts. I was all about that. And then I got to college having only been around white people. Like I was in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. There were no people of color. There were, it was heteronormative. Um, it was all Christian. There were no, there wasn't even religious diversity. There was no diversity whatsoever where I grew up. The diversity was like, there are old people and there are young people. That's that's all we've got. And realizing the first time I met a gay person in college, and it sounds so silly and stupid. I'm so embarrassed for my past self, but this is I'm just telling you facts. The first time I met a gay person, it was like, oh my God. I have been raised to believe that you that there's something wrong with you, that you are making a choice for the negative. Um, that you are uh, bad, that you're going to hell, that you, like, just the list goes on and on and on of how wrong it is, quote-unquote wrong it is to be gay. Keep in mind, this is many <laughs> years ago. Um, and I was like, I just can't do it. I can't, I can't believe that any kind of a loving God would, would condemn you to eternal damnation because of who you choose to love in this world. So I shut the whole thing down. So I'm 18, shut it all, all the way down. Like I am all in going to church every Sunday and I go to nothing. I won't read the Bible. I won't go to church. I won't talk to my mom about it. I won't um, go to mass on the holidays when I go home from school. I won't go to dad's church. I won't go to dinners. 
um, which are a big thing in dad's church community is this huge thing of sharing meals. I won't do any of it. And I shut it down completely and totally. Cause I'm like, if that's what spirituality has to be, if that's what religion has to be, I can't take part in that. I can't take part in sanctioned hatred. And again, you don't have to send me like hate mail or weird mail or this is simply my experience. Am I saying that all Christian churches teach X? No. Am I saying that all Catholic churches teach X? No. Am I saying that Christianity teaches? No. <laughs> I'm not. I'm teaching you my, I'm just sharing my experience of this. So there's this massive rejection of all things religious, which includes spiritual. Like the soul is just off limits and we're going to stick to you know, reading books and making poems and um, teaching, because that's what I'm going to do. So I graduated with a degree in English education. I was like, this is great, fine, we're going to do this thing. Um, and I lived a bunch of years until I was 33 years old. Just their religion doesn't count, is kind of dumb. I can't do it. It's just wrong. And then I was reading Oprah magazine. I was starting to pay attention to my intuition, which I completely separated from religion and spirituality. I was like, huh, this, um, this article makes my eyes leak. And my eyes leak, I mean, I'm not crying. There's no thought in my head that's making me cry. Just like my body's trying really hard to get my attention and my eyes are leaking. And it was for this, uh, this guy named Rob Bell, who I'd never heard of. So I, uh, I looked up one of his books. I was on my way to Portland on a plane when this happened. So I got to uh, the Portland giant house of books, whose name I can't remember now. Um, and I went in there, Powell's, and read uh, what we talk about when we talk about God. And my eyes leaked in public while I was reading, which was embarrassing, but also I should look into this guy. So I Google him. He has an event coming up in just a few weeks in February. Uh, and I was like, I, I need to go to this, but I can't go to this by myself. This thing, it's just called two days. I mean, who the fool? I don't even know what's going to happen, but I need to be there. So Doey and I, I called Doey, my best friend. And I was like, you need to come to this with me, please. I'll pay for it. Uh, that's the only <laughs> like fish I have to dangle, the carrot I have to dangle. It's just, I'll pay for it. I don't know. This seems important. So she comes with me and in a, over the course of those two days, Rob somehow goes from just, a, just, I hate religion to acknowledging like those things that happened that were, that were tender and that felt wrong. And it felt like this just doesn't seem right somehow. And this is not how I picture God or the universe or all that is divine. Um, I describe it as like he did or like really, really masterful origami where I had just thrown away so much paper and he was just like, well, just did origami on all the paper and was like, but do you see like, this is, this is amazing. There are so many cranes and so many beautiful objects and there's so much here in this rich tradition. And I was, I was so angry because there was so much of like, I thought that was done forever. I thought that I was just done with having a soul, being a soul, talking about spirituality, talking about religion, experiencing my soul. I thought I was just done with it. And I was so angry that actually I didn't just get to throw away all of that portion of my life, that I was going to have to go and sift through the rubble, find the origami pieces wherever they were, 
reach into other traditions and see what felt good, and then come back to a place of, uh, of being really tender and really soft and experiencing the divine in my own way. And again, because I can feel this in you, like if you're like, you're criticizing X, you're criticizing religion, you're criticizing, I'm not. I'm telling you the story of having this one fatal flaw that I found in religion, throwing the whole thing away, and then being like, oh, but that, the things that I threw away are the really good things to throw away. It's good to throw away hatred wherever you find it. And it gets really redeeming to go back through and find the origami that other people can help you see and make. And I would encourage this for all religions and all experiences of your life, right? So I started to dive into other things, less angry at Rob Bell. It only lasted for about 24 hours. I read all of his books and I was like, maybe Christianity's not all bad, <laughs> which was a good starting point. Um, I did a past life regression and I totally, it's so vulnerable to say this. Um, I've had past lives as a, as a Native American man, which explains why I just weep when I see Native Americans dancing and when I experience Native American culture, I just lose my shit in terms of like, my God, it's so, it's beautiful and majestic in a way that touches me that other, other indigenous cultures do not. Um, I lived a past life as a, this is even harder to say, but as a, <laughs> as a fairy, um, I, I don't know what to tell you except that it's true. And then if you meet me, people are like, oh my God, like you're like a magical fairy pixie person. And I'm like, yep, you don't know what you're saying, but yep. <laughs> uh, I've lived a past life as a miserable, 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 miserable woman who's an alcoholic who just pushed everyone away. That was the most recent one. And as long as I'm telling you everything way back in the day, I lived in what I guess is the 1800s based on the clothing I was wearing uh, as a Victorian woman. So yeah, I did some past life ex like exploring and expression and uh, sure, that, that happened. And uh, those feel very real to me. And so the parts of spirituality that I'm picking up feel more like remembering than they do like learning. And as I've been working on this in the past few years, I've gotten better at being empathic, meaning that I feel other people's feelings in my body. I've been, it's taken a long time, I'm learning to observe what's happening versus experiencing what's happening, uh, even within my own energy. At a workshop, I remember the first time a person was talking on the hot seat and with no prompting whatsoever. I was like, oh, well, when you make your street photography, which is like black and white images that you make with film, I knew nothing. I had never looked at this guy's website before. I had no idea what he did. Um, and that was absolutely true. I remember the first time an image popped in and I had the courage to say, this is what I see. But I couched it carefully, like my sense is, or like, do you, like, and it's been years of me, um, of pushing again and again and again to say, hey, this is actually, this is actually part of me. That sometimes I know things and that the more that I trust the knowing, the stronger those senses get, the more that I know and the easier it is to articulate. My throat chakra is going crazy right now because this is so hard to tell you. Um, 
So anytime that I say my sense is, should I meet you in person or should you work with me? That's absolutely intuitive information that I'm trying to break to you very, very gently. Um, I've, I'm never Googling you and creeping on you and being all weird trying to get in your stuff. It's just things that I know intuitively. And those senses have gotten stronger. And then in the last like year, year and a half, there's been this sense of like, oh, this is, I've clung so tightly to, I'm a poet, I'm a writer, and uh, teacher is much harder, it's much harder for me to talk about. My tea is done, obviously. Uh, that's what that timer was in case you heard it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna plunge my magic tea and get back to you in a moment. I gotta tell you, this feels so, so indulgent and asshole brain is like, no one cares about this. This is stupid. This is dumb. Um, why are you telling them this? You're going to get so much hate mail from people who are misunderstanding what you're saying. And here we go. Anyway, we're just going to keep going. So the rebranding, um, which it seems like it was so long ago and it was this year to go from brandcamplog.com to kristenkelp.com, which seems so small from the outside, but internally it was me claiming the entirety of my being and not just, I will give you business advice and then your business will get better. It was claiming you are a human and we will look at many of the facets of your humanity when we work together. And one of those will probably be business, though it might not be because half the people who came to Stereo Ship this year don't have businesses and it was just as good for them as the people that do. So the, there's this sense of getting bigger and kristenkelp.com, the rebrand was very much about the sense of getting bigger. And then this year I had the, the great good fortune of, uh, of discovering breathwork. And if I've told you, you've listened to past podcasts, my teacher was Erin Telford, who I find amazing and wonderful. And breathwork allowed me to every single time that I do breathwork, at some point I have that experience of of being in deep connection with myself and with my body, but also being in deep connection with the universe, with spirit, with the divine. It is a predictable way to get to where I'm going, which is that feeling that I had when I was, I think seven, maybe eight. And I was looking at, uh, there was a, there was a Eucharist on the altar and it's, um, it's in this like beautiful case, which I don't know the name of, I'm sorry. And I remember just weeping because it was, it was so beautiful to be in such deep connection with the divine. And I'm eight. Like, guys, I'm weird for eight, okay? Like, um, but breathwork helps me get back to that place where it's all wonder. And it's all just like, oh, my God, I'm here and I get to do stuff. And, and it's safe to be human and it's safe to be here and it's safe to experience this body and this breathing and this world and like there's a world that has like tea and Trevor Noah and painting and dogs and sex and the ocean and and love in it and we get to be part of it and breathwork helps connect me to that in a way that my asshole brain tries to circumvent over and over and over again so Talking about breathwork might seem like, oh my God, this is coming out of nowhere. Or talking about magic or intuition might seem like it's coming out of nowhere. And really it's just this steady sense that I've had for a really long time. And it's not that it's coming out of nowhere, it's that I'm giving myself 
permission to talk about it, which is a really big distinction. Like if you dance in your bedroom with the door closed for years and then suddenly you you decide to perform, people are like, oh my God, where did this come from? This is coming out of nowhere. You're like, no, you've put in your hours. You just did it behind closed doors <laughs> with no one watching. Um, that's how I feel about talking with people about intuition and breathwork and spirituality and the divine and creativity and all of those things that that deal with the big questions in life and engaging with them in a way that's really, really uh, interesting and intriguing and that's full of wonder and delight. And the point of all of this is actually it has everything to do with me and nothing to do with me that at some point with spirituality in my life, and I'm going to assume that because this is so specific, it will also be universal and apply to a lot of you people, you people, <laughs> my peeps, it will apply to you in your life. And again, asshole brain is screaming to stop talking. So I'm going to keep going which is that there's this wounding for me around, I went to a church called the Christian and Missionary Alliance Church. And so it elevates, there's, there's work you can do in the world, right? Like we can, be, we can be plumbers and paper makers and opticians and electricians and teachers and there's every other profession in the world. And then there is missionary. And missionaries, because they give up so much of their lives in service to uh, telling other people about the divine that was held as the highest, most spiritual work that you could do. So there's everyone else, and then there's missionary. And it's higher even than pastor, because pastors still get to stay at home. Uh, missionaries go out somewhere else where the roads are not as paved and the conditions are not as nice. So the best, highest thing you could do is be a missionary. And what that does was, and I, you know, it wasn't until I was you know, 35 that I figured this out. Uh, it makes everything else that you could possibly do not enough, right? So I feel like I'm not justified in teaching about spirituality because I'm, um, or justified talking about it, let alone teaching about it, because it's just not enough. Like I'm, I'm just breathing with you, or I'm just speaking with you, or I'm just. Um, seeing spirit animals that come to me when we're talking. Um, those things are just inherently not enough because I'm not somewhere in the wilds of a nation trying to convert people. And I haven't given up the entirety of my life to just, just I haven't made my life a monument to sacrifice in the service of the divine. That's the wounding. And the truth is that like, we all have these places where we feel like we're not enough, right? And that the work that we do is not enough. I look at people's work and it's not that their lives are perfect. It's uh, the perfection porn for me is not all that intriguing, but the people that appear to really be doing things and really leading movements and that appear to have sacrificed so much, that's where my not enoughness is. It's in like, what are you doing? You're just fucking breathing with people from your house. That means, that means nothing to anyone. You're just helping them grow their business. That means nothing to anyone and you're not enough. Um, this is just not enough. The work that you are doing is not enough. If I step back just far enough to view me as like, what if I was coaching me? I would be like, 
you have no choice but to do this work. It is not for you to decide whether it is enough or not enough. And so you, wherever you are, whatever work it is that you are being propelled into and listening to, you're deeply connected with your interior continent and with what you are meant to be doing in this world. You do not get to judge it as not enough. Whether it's organizing three people to give food to a family across the street, or whether it's delivering a billion meals, you don't get to decide whether it's enough or not. It's your imperative is to do the work. So in some ways, um, helping people grow their businesses and helping them bring their greatest gifts to light and breathing with them is not enough. It's not going to fix the whole world. <laughs> like, it's just not. Uh, but it's also, it's also everything. It's everything that I'm capable of giving. Um, my work, my, my coaching and, and breath work and the things that I do through my business it's the summation of everything that I have to give. And so, in some ways, it's not enough. I can't, I can't save everyone, right? None of us can. But it's also everything I have that I have to trust that, um, my everything I have is just enough. <laughs> but you have to trust that your everything you have is just enough too. That's the agreement. If you're going to be here, if you're going to keep listening to me, we have to trust that our just enoughs, that everything we have is just enough and that we're willing to give just enough. So let's do that in 2017. Let's give everything we have to these last few days and weeks, and then let's begin a new year with our asshole brains screaming at us that this is going to be too much. Because the places where you're just, where you're too much and your asshole brain is trying to shut you down, those places are the places where you can give just enough. So let's do that. If you would like to learn more about breathwork, go to kristenkelp.com, click on breathwork uh, in the bottom, in the menu, anywhere you find it. Uh, there's a class called Receive, which is really, really great for, uh, for receiving, for people that have trouble receiving compliments, receiving love, uh, receiving kindness, receiving joy, receiving pleasure, uh, receiving oral sex. It's all the same spectrum. It's all receiving. Uh, that's for you. If you'd like to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, you can do that. Um, and again, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to my just enoughness. And this is the last one for 2017, so I'll see you in 2018. Um, in the weeks to come, may you be deeply blessed with knowing your just enoughness. May you be able to recognize the voices that say you're not enough and call them out and say, that's, <laughs> that's your opinion. That's a universal, I don't have to believe you. 
May you get to spend ample time with the people you love most in the world. And may you find really good excuses to avoid the people that drive you insane. May you be brave enough to share your deepest gifts. May you be soft enough to receive the gifts of others. And may you know joy and delight and wonder in greater proportions than you could possibly have imagined even six weeks ago, let alone six months ago. May you touch the divine with greater and greater frequency. And may you know how deeply loved and appreciated you are by all that is and because you're listening by me thank you Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The Antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly or not so quietly, scream sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format, one gathering a month on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now And we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.